Welcome to the Talking Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Will Cheshire. And in this podcast, I speak with impact-driven founders and share their real-time stories about how their solution has a positive impact on society. This is a show for founders, investors, and all individuals looking for some positivity and optimism as you hear from people working hard to help better our society and our planet. You can expect to learn about some awesome new products and services in this show that will bring you more hope in our quest to solve some of society's biggest issues. Let's dive in to this week's episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about the importance of time as I interview the founder of Tula, Megan Trask. Tula is a platform that allows moms, fathers, and caregivers to find personal assistants and chefs to free up their time so they can spend more time with their family and focus on their careers and hobbies. This solution is interesting to me because as I get older, older, I see the importance of prioritizing your time on the things that truly matter. You only get a finite amount of time and many people will tell you just how fast it really goes. So I think this is a great solution that provides jobs for people, frees up time for parents and others to spend more time with their kids and or their hobbies and families. So with all that being said, let's dive in. Megan, how are you today? Thanks so much for taking the time to, to have a conversation with us. Oh, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Fantastic. And Megan, you know, I just like to kind of get it going right off the bat a little bit so people know. Tell us a little bit about Tula, what it is and the solution that it provides and, and why it's so great for uh, society on that front. For sure. So uh, Tula is, I call it like the life balance solution. It is a marketplace that connects busy moms and families with sort of that help at the touch of a button, um, whether that's with personal assistants or personal chefs. And you know, really the root and the, and the solution that we're solving for is the extreme amount of time that so many people, caregivers, partners spend on sort of the second shift uh, responsibilities. So, you know, the cooking, the cleaning, the lighten, the straighten up, the, the schedules for everybody. Um, it's, it's something that was near and dear to my heart and kind of why I started this, because I was experiencing the burden of all those second shift tasks after a long day at work and trying to balance caring for my family and, and my career at the same time. Um, and so I, I looked for a solution like this that could kind of be a plug and play for myself in those needs within my household and it just didn't exist. And I was certain that I was not the only the only mom or female or caregiver that was struggling with this type of um, finding the right balance between caring and career and family and all of those things. So um, I feel super passionately about providing a solution that allows people to find more time to prioritize with purpose, to kind of offload some of those requests that just take an extreme amount of time. Uh, on a daily basis. Um, a crazy stat is that women spend an uh, additional 130 minutes per day on second shift type of requests uh, and men spend 53 minutes. So while there's a little disproportionate <laughs> uh, fact there, at the end of the day, what that equates to is a lot of time for partners and caregivers to be spending uh, uh, outside of their career and kind of work day trying to manage the, the to-do lists that are plagued with these second shift, as I say it again, um, type of request. So we're really, really on fire for this idea of making it easy to ask for help, empowering people to ask for help so they don't feel kind of guilt and shame about not doing it all. Um, because the truth is we don't have to do it all. It's more important to do the things that matter the most to us. And that's really what we want to uh, to enable and to promote with this idea of Tula and bringing more balance to people's lives, which ironically, Tula stands for um, balance in Sanskrit. So there's the, the reason behind our name as well. 
Megan, one of the things that I really like about what you're doing as well, and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head throughout your explanation of it too, is is really just about the time that you're saving for these moms or for these caregivers or whomever it might be in terms of the second shift, as you uh, talked about in terms of hours and over two hours, I mean, over 120 minutes. I mean, that's a lot of time that they can get back. And, you know, to me, I think what's most important, most impactful about what you're doing is you're freeing up time and you're looking to free up time. And in addition to that, of course, you're, you know, providing jobs. But to me, you know, everybody always talks about you know, what they wish they had. And usually everybody says, oh, I wish I had more time. And that's the one thing that we cannot control, but we can also do some things to kind of supplement that. And that's my favorite part about your solution on that front is the fact that you're buying up more time for these people to spend with their families and do things they're passionate about, maybe some hobby or something like that to really just enjoy life more. And that's really important. But one thing that you said that I'd like to ask a question about too is on that front is, is you mentioned, um, making it easy and simple to ask for help. And that, you know, history, I guess, has suggested that it hasn't been easy in the past, or maybe um, people were a little bit more reluctant to or anything like that. So I guess, you know, from your perspective as, as a working mom yourself and things of that nature, what do you think are some of the reasons why in the past that, you know, moms or caregivers or whomever were are a little reluctant to ask for help and they feel like they need to, to kind of do it all? I think, honestly, there are a few reasons. Um, I think there's kind of the 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 gender stereotypes that have existed for so long and a little bit of that stigma around being, especially as a mom, the caregiver and and, and the one that provides the nurturing and the care, caregiving and planning and, you know, nurturing of the whole entire family. And, you know, while there's there's something that's maybe special in that, that's also a, a big weight, I feel, on, on women's shoulders to try to do that all. And and often at a cost to themselves, right, of like mental health and kind of just finding a way to do it all and feel good about it rather than exhausted at the end of the day or, you know, pulled in too many directions. I think that's certainly one reason. Um, I think another reason is historically it hasn't been maybe super easy to find a solution. It felt like you either needed to hire staff, which is not obviously a reality or accessible option for most people, um, you know, or the options were super kind of impersonal and it didn't feel like you know, you would be better off asking for somebody else to do it rather than just finding a way to do it yourself or just not doing it at all. But again, that kind of comes full cycle and full circle with whether you do it all and feel exhausted or you leave something out because you just can't get to it, but you feel guilt that you didn't get to it. So it's sort of this shame, blame, <laughs> a big cycle of, of energy spent on things that truly could be outsourced. And, you know, we love the idea that it's this greater ecosystem of, parents and caregivers asking for help and us making it easy for them to ask for help, but also, um, you know, not only empowering them, but empowering our team and our, our assistants to be able to provide impact and relief for these families as well. So it really feels, you know, like a win-win on both sides of the, of the equation there. And I think, you know, historically, it's just been something that people don't believe they can ask for help um, or know where to turn, like I said. And so really trying to find a way to position ourselves in a spot that feels like we're part of their community. So really building out that sense of community and ecosystem of just being that friend that you would ask for help if you didn't feel so guilty asking them for help. That's what we want to build out as the the solution. So it feels like the right fit and that we're an extension of of the families that we, you know, assist and, and impact in a more personal way. Yeah. And one of the big things that I think as well is is something that is the time and how you can kind of value it. Right. So I'm a founder myself, obviously. And, and you know, I have my own business and there are other people who are other founders or they have jobs or whatever it might be. And they feel like they don't have enough time in the day. And I don't I, I don't have a family. You know, I don't have a serious significant other or anything of that nature as well. And I feel like, oh, there's not enough time in the day. 
And sometimes I'm like, oh, it would be great to have more time, you know, and how could I open that up? You know, it's a challenge as a business owner as well. How do you outsource things and free up time? And it's something that I feel like can be applied to families as well uh, in that front too. So with your background and your experience and then someone that's obviously been knee deep into the business of it and, and really trying to promote it as someone who is a founder, who's a mom, who has a family and all this type of stuff. How do you kind of go about what were your, what were your big challenges, I guess, at the beginning that made you kind of go about and now to allow yourself to kind of free up more time? Because in my mind, I don't know how you do it, but it's baffling to me how you, how you can free up that type of time and be a founder, be a mom. I mean, two, three full-time jobs you're balancing. For sure. And there are days that I'm certain that I don't do it well, but <laughs> I think certainly one foot in front of the other, right? That's the baseline. You got to start there. Um, and I think the reality is that what my pain, my, you know, my pain point was a million things, but just not feeling present with my family or present at work was such a driver for me. And so now even on those days that are hard or I'm stretched and I just can't see a way to do it all, I have to kind of step back and appreciate that I'm, I'm doing it differently. I'm prioritizing with purpose now where it still might be a crazy number of things to prioritize. It's with a kind of a different mission and a vision and, and why. And I'm still getting more time with my family than I did before, even if it means that I put my kids to bed and work until two in the morning, at least I'm doing that at my home with my girls and like having the the time and kind of making those distinctions of where, where I want to spend that time. Um, I think the amazing irony also is that I certainly lean on Tula as a tool for myself and for my family and my partner and I sit down and kind of talk about our lists at the end of the week. Um, what kind of what went well. And then Sunday nights, instead of Sunday scaries, we plan around what we can do for the, the following week to kind of tackle it together. And often that includes uh, sending a request to our own team. And I'm really grateful and fortunate to be able to do that and to lean on them um, and and just kind of see Tula working in the real world the way it's supposed to work. So it's it's all a juggling act. It's all just kind of figuring out where the priorities lie first and and going from there and realizing that I don't have to do it all and it's not going to be possible and I probably wouldn't go very well if I tried. <laughs> right. Again, it's okay to, to kind of ask for help in that sense and, and try to get a better uh, understanding that, you know, if someone else can free up and do something, then great, you should be able to do that as well. And, and another thing kind of on that note that you, that you touched on, number one, the Sunday scaries. I'm a big believer in making Sundays productive and that makes your Monday 10 times easier. So I love how you and your partner sit down and kind of plan for that on that front as well. I want to ask a little bit in terms of the challenges and regards to the actual application itself, right? So what are some of the challenges that you've had in terms of finding well-vetted assistants and chefs that, you know, are fully qualified to do their jobs and things of that nature as well that you feel comfortable with bringing onto the platform so that you can, you know, recommend these assistants with confidence to your uh, users, clients, customers. Right. Um, I mean, that's the hugest challenge, I think, in any marketplace um, type of business is just really trying to navigate and, and balance the supply and the demand side of, of what it is that you're doing. I, I feel incredibly fortunate on the uh, supply side that our assistants are coming to us often through referrals of t and people who are already on our team recommending, you know, friends and family that, hey, you would love to do this. And so that's a huge part and kind of component of our, of our team, which is obviously 
it's humbling that people would recommend doing this to their friends and family as well. But, um, and then we certainly post positions often and kind of try to stay ahead of that so that we're able to serve our clients and be proactive in that manner. And what's been really cool is seeing kind of the applicants not just apply because it's something to fill time or it has, you know, a decent rate compared to other flexible um, type positions, but because these are people that love the idea of having an impact, of bringing some relief to somebody else to make their days easier. And so, you know, I feel like we have at this point a pretty good gut and sense of people being aligned in our goals and our mission as well and can can kind of sense that um, quickly. And just we really get incredible people that want to do this and get why we want to do it. Um, we also take safety very seriously, obviously. So we have you know extensive background checks and um, checking on references just to make sure like, hey, would I want this person in my home with my family? If there's even a slight no, that, that they're just not a fit for us, even if they could be capable of doing some of the things that our uh, clients request. So, you know, I think it's just something that really is a balance of kind of the more scientific approach of background checks and all of, all of those safety measures and a gut and, and just knowing that somebody gets our mission and wants to be a part of it um, goes a really long way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, just getting those background checks, being scientific kind of about it and really kind of getting it down to make sure that, you know, it's really quality there. So I think that's fantastic. And, and before we kind of dive into the solution and exactly, you know, what your app does and and everything as well on that front too. I'd be curious just to kind of get your own opinion on kind of um, time in general uh, as someone who, like I said, has is, is been knee deep into it before and all that type of stuff. I mean, in your own experience, do you kind of feel, you know, time slipping away a little bit on that front? Because to me personally, it's, it's I feel like it slips away all the time. Each day gets faster and faster each year, et cetera. You hear people in your community with friends, family, whatever, uh, talk about, oh man, I wish time, time, time. Uh, so just curious to get your own kind of a, opinion on it in terms of that and, and if that maybe even played a factor in the big creation of the app. I want to take a minute to recommend the book, The Power of Moments, Why Certain Experiences Have an Extraordinary Impact by Dan Heath and Chip Heath. This is a book that focuses in on what makes a moment memorable and how we can work to create more memorable moments for the people around us and for ourselves. It's a fantastic read that provides a lot of great insight on some of the little things that we can apply in our lives that can amplify a moment and make it a little bit more memorable just so it stands out that much more. And I recommend this book to every everyone else out there that's looking to create more of an impact on their loved ones, their profession, and for themselves. Now, let's get back to the podcast where we're focusing in on the solution from Tula. Absolutely. I mean, 100% it did. I was, I had spent 20 years in the super corporate, you know, big grind, big hours type of setting. And my girls were young, uh, kind of when I reached like the, the biggest, busiest part of my career. And I was just not able to get to things at school. I was the first mom to drop them off and the last mom to drop or to pick them up and just kind of like always sort of apologizing that it was 601 and not six. And it just didn't feel good and kind of realized I'm not going to get these little years back with them. And, and I know that that kind of sense of time doesn't always have to be tied to kids and family. But for me, that's really what my driver was. I was not getting to see them in the way that I wanted to or spend the time that I wanted to. Um, and so it wasn't really putting a value of how much I would pay somebody an hour or what I was making an hour to kind of balance out what would be fair. For me, it was it was kind of a priceless dollar per hour, if you, if you kind of want to think of it that way, that I couldn't get that time back. So there's not an amount to pin on that that I could kind of tag in, in the reason for 
building Tula was that you can do it scientifically and what's your dollar you know, per hour rate or what would you be willing to pay? But the bigger driver for me was what you would pay to get time back. And I don't, you know, no, no matter what demographic or um, socioeconomic bracket you're in, I, I think that that number is pretty, pretty high. And um, it just felt like that was, that was where we could become a part of a solution that made sense for people to prioritize spending their, you know, their resources on us so that they could have more time. Well, I think that'll resonate with just about anybody listening out there on that front, you know, in terms of time, getting it back and all that and the family, you know, dynamic of it as well, especially. So on that note, Megan, why don't we dive in and, and figure out about or talk about the solution that you have created that is going to enable everything that we just talked about and create more time for not just families and working parents or anything, but maybe people like myself even. And then obviously we're doing great stuff with, you know, providing jobs for people as well. So Let's get going into the the application and, and just tell us a little bit about how Tula itself, the web app, kind of streamlines the vetting process and and can place you with a qualified assistant. Absolutely. So we uh, we do currently have a web app, and then we're working with our development team right now to roll out native apps. Hopefully, hopefully by the end of this month, I would say to your earlier question on challenges, it was maybe not having a realistic approach to timelines and technology. So um, still working on that. But- common problem, I think, in the space. But um, so what it is and what we wanted it to be was basically that to-do list that people have in their planners or on their phone or the post-it note on the counter, that it was recreating that in a really simple app kind of format that you just share what it is that you need done and when you would like it done and hit send. So really the differentiator is not that it's you know, some special kind of list that's different or a different format, it's that you get to hit send and somebody else takes care of it. And I think there's a tremendous amount of relief just in that feeling of hitting send, you know, knowing it will get done and it actually being done is is another kind of icing on the cake feeling, but just the idea that you can hit send and it's not on your plate, it's not on your partner's plate, it's not a point of contention about who's going to do it or it's slipping further down the list. So it's really truly as simple as putting in the same type of to-do kind of details that you would on your own list and then sending it to us. And then on the back end, we have um, those requests kind of get pushed out to our team, sort of like in an Uber um, model. I, I don't like to compare us to Uber because everybody I think does that, but um, in any event, we send those out to our team and then based on their schedule and kind of the qualifications and skills and preferences that they have in their kind of work day, then those requests are matched to the best assistant. And, you know, in the beginning, it was really my co-founder and I were a bit of the hamsters on the wheel that were making sure that those, uh, those Bumble connections <laughs> made the most sense. And now it's becoming much more automated and our assistants are kind of tagging to certain clients. And it's kind of this cool ecosystem that's taken a bit of a life on it, uh, of its own where people match up, um, you know, in a, in a little bit more strategic way without us even uh, being the the connections there. So it's super easy. We try, you know, a couple of steps and then our assistants and clients are chatting, you know, within usually an hour of the request coming in and we can get most things done within 24 hours and sometimes sooner than that. But uh, we also have people that just schedule out what their next month will look like. And we just kind of get to that, um, you know, as they've scheduled it out, whatever works best for their their needs and we're really flexible and that's kind of where we we distinguish ourselves we feel from other marketplaces that have a bit of a um, personal assistant 
edge as well is that we just want to be very flexible so that we're meeting our clients right where they are right when they need us yeah the flexibility part is, is obviously huge especially because right you know they need to be flexible because they don't have a lot of time you know blah 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 <laughs> we can get into that detail on that front there but uh megan I, I guess with that what are all kind of the services that are encompassed that you can offer that uh, your assistants can do and your chefs can do and well i guess chefs is kind of a singular one but uh you know what i'm saying with the assistants and things of that nature what are all the kind of services like what are some examples that you have from customers that they utilize your platform for? Absolutely. So I would say we kind of have four main buckets. Our service menu is pretty, pretty diverse. We like to say we can do most anything. Certainly it has some uh, legality thresholds. <laughs> it's pretty important to us. Um, and we don't do childcare. Um, th- those were kind of two places, well, obviously legal, but childcare was something that as moms, we didn't want to sort of take on that, that role of matchmaking. That's a pretty huge, um, just a lot, a lot of weight comes with that. So that's something that we steer clear of. But other than that, kind of whatever falls into sort of that household management umbrella, second shift things that are happening that the people are, you're not even aware that they're doing or spending so much time on necessarily, but uh, that we can pick up for them. So whether that's, you know, a couple of loads of laundry during the week, um, just making sure that organization is staying intact and and people are able to sort of function in systems through their house. So on that note, we do a ton of organizing. We have some really great organizers on our staff that just love those types of projects and seeing the before and after. So we do, that's probably one of our biggest requests. We also um, do a ton of errands, you know, the things that you don't even think of that you have five returns to do or the donations that you've been driving around in your trunk for six months. Um, You know, we do a lot of pickups where we basically seem to be doing about six errands in in one drop. And that for me, just selfishly, that's something that I use a lot. And it's so helpful knowing I'm not going to spend, you know, the two free hours I have in the evening or on the weekend running those errands. I can choose what I actually want to do with that time. On the chef side, we do meal planning and meal prep. And so we do the grocery shopping. Our chefs come in and prepare meals for the week, kind of based on family preferences. Um, we have some families that love to cook. They just don't like planning. So we can put together menus for them and, and drop off their groceries for them as well. So that has a little flexibility as well. But um, that's something that we you know, kind of filled out our chef schedules pretty quickly because it's recurring. And once people use it, they, they usually keep using it. So uh, we also do a lot of research, whether that's trip planning or people are new to town and can you recommend, you know, the best doctors or um, services? Uh, we need a handyman. So, you know, one of the things that we think is kind of cool and special about Tula is that we have this vast networking community of um, assistants and clients, and we kind of lean on each other for recommendations too. So we feel like if we're giving a referral recommendation, that that gives a lot of confidence to the person asking for it because they know kind of somebody in our circle has used this person and vetted them. So it's cool from a um, you know a, that standpoint of feeling like we're going to make a great recommendation, but we also are really excited by that because we love supporting other female-owned businesses and small businesses within our community um, based on kind of them joining our our community of providers. And there's you know, nothing really like official in that. We just we just love supporting other companies as well. Well, that's a great mission. Also, you weren't kidding. Very, very flexible in all the options that you're able to provide. I mean, there's not there's not an errand on there that I don't think I heard. <laughs> Absolutely. We kind of think of it, you know, there's a lot of those quick outsource, like pick up my groceries, um, 
you know, one-off organization things that you can do with several different services. And we like to feel like we're kind of a bit of that umbrella that brings, you know, several of them into our scope and into our service menu. So it makes it easier to just do it in one stop. Awesome. That's so great. That's so great on that front as well. And, and what type of feedback are you getting? You know, obviously I know you're in the, the early stages still, but, yeah. you know, with the customers that you have and then with the assistance on, on their side as well, you know, what type of feedback have you been getting uh, kind of from them and whatnot? And, and what have you been able to take from that and, and apply it forward into the business? For sure. Um, I would say, uh, maybe I'll start kind of on the surprising side. On the assistant side has been probably the most kind of humbling surprising, amazing energy, and that we have so many assistants who are also moms, and they are so excited to be a part of our team because it's something that they can do between drop off and pick up, but they feel like they're having a lot of purpose and helping somebody else during the day. You know, they understand the juggling and the, the multitasking that these families are experiencing as well. So they're just such a great fit for our clients, but also our assistants feel so much, you know, I guess kind of the bucket filling in that equation. And so the feedback that I've gotten from our team has definitely made me tear up on more than one occasion. And I just feel really proud that we're kind of building both the full community on both sides and that people are really loving what they do, you know, with us. So that has been incredible and definitely a driver in some of those, you know, what are we doing moments? <laughs> Hearing that it's special and means something on both sides has been really, really rewarding. On the client side, we have heard everything from, oh my gosh, I have my wife back or from, you know, women, I feel like I have a wife. <laughs> this is very nice. <laughs> and just, you know, the the way that our team kind of focuses on serving the clients and supporting them in a way that you know, doesn't make anybody feel like, you know, bad for asking for help and that it really just takes a weight off that um, we've had just so much great feedback. And most importantly, that, you know, is turning into referrals and, and for a bootstrap company, that's really important to us on a marketing budget side. So for us, the referrals speak huge, hugely to what we're doing and um, the fact that it's having the impact that we hope that it would have. Yeah, yeah, with that, with the referrals and things of that nature as well, you know, especially with a service that is very kind of impactful in that time where you are kind of, you know, making a difference in families' lives specifically or or individuals as well, uh, I suppose, definitely too. On that front, and then based on the feedback that you're kind of getting there, when you're hearing these stories and you're getting this kind of stuff and you're hearing kind of that freedom kind of come back out of it as well, that obviously takes you far into your pivoting and, and stuff like that and the referrals. But how much of that focus is is on that customer experience? You know, how much of your focus from a business perspective is ensuring that the onboarding is good, the follow up is good? You know, how much attention do you pay to that? I mean, that's everything for us because, you know, losing a client not only means we didn't do something well, it means we didn't make somebody's life easier and that we didn't, you know, achieve the the goals that we set out for, not only for them, but for ourselves. So we take that super, super seriously. And that's, you know, really the the lens that we view everything through, whether it's on the client or assistant side, but obviously, you know, mostly on the client side, just because they're the ones investing in, in us on that kind of monthly subscription basis. So um, we take that you know, very seriously. And whenever there have been issues, which of course, you know, it's life, things will come up. We're grateful for the feedback because it means that we can do it better in the future and that, you know, we're, we're more informed on what, you know, a specific need might've looked like or where we missed the mark. And so we take feedback very seriously, very graciously and humbly as well. And we're definitely here for it. But, um, you know, the feedback that we've gotten is, <laughs> probably more often, like, where has this been? <laughs> and, you know, how, um, how much more can you guys tolerate of us, which that's a great, 
great question to have. <laughs> like, is there a person, you know, somebody that wants to spend even more time with us? And the answer is always yes. So. With that, with that as well, uh, when you when you have uh, the application itself and, and your customers are using it and everything, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, just kind of what you have and how it works in terms of like a technical perspective from the front and back end as well. Sure. But what are all the the features that the client can kind of see when they're going through the application? And, and if you can, maybe tease a little bit about what you might be planning in the future as well. Absolutely. So right now, like I said, we want to keep it like very simple so that it doesn't feel like effort to ask for help. I think that that would be, that's the biggest kind of toe stub that we could have in trying to make this, um, you know, scalable and impactful at the same time is to make it hard to ask for help. So it's super simple on the, on the request side, and then they can manage and kind of see where their hours are uh, on a monthly basis on their dashboard. They can also see when their request turns to in progress and then when it moves to complete. And so it's really kind of just keeping it as simple, but as much information as possible so they know what they've done and what else they can do based on the hours that remain in their bank. And, you know, I guess quickly touching on that point, we don't charge differently for the different types of requests. Um, We keep it very simple. So they have basically their bank of hours for the month and whatever the actual hours are that it takes to complete those requests, whether it's a chef or running errands, um, it just comes out very simply and straightforward as well. So there's no, you know, guessing about how much time something actually took and they can see from us what the total time was right on their dashboard right away as soon as it's complete. Awesome. That's fantastic. Right now we have kind of a more manual chat feature, which is working just fine. But in the future, it'll be really exciting because our clients will be able to have in-app chat features for their requests. So they can see within a specific request, you know, what the conversation has been rather than having, you know, multiple tool assistants just in their phone that they're kind of trying to remember who did what and if they need to follow up. So really excited about that. We think that that will create a lot of efficiencies on both sides for the client and the assistant just to catch up right away and, um, you know, schedule going forward and also finalize details that would be helpful to the assistant uh, as well. So that's probably what we're most excited about on the client side. And then we're launching an assistant dashboard as well. So that's going to be super helpful on the automation side of the assistant seeing right away, right in their own dashboard, what requests are coming through and then they can claim them a little bit more quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the streamline app approach where you're going to be able to have that chat and you can just directly do it within the app. Well, keep them on the platform too. Like that's going to be really, really big on that front. You talked a lot, a little bit about kind of the referral method for, you know, what you're doing on the customer side of things and the clients as well. You also mentioned that you've been able to source so many kind of assistants on that front as well. Has that kind of been something similar to where, you're, where, you know, one assistant or one chef might say, oh, hey, you should check out this platform. It's been really great for me as a way to get jobs. Is that been kind of like a similar thing on the flip side of that? Yeah, absolutely. We definitely get kind of both sides referring for for the same thing um, or for the same reason. And we've also had assistants who then are referring, you know, talking to their friends about what they're doing. And then either their friend kind of goes on the path of, oh, I'd love to do that as well, or, oh, I need that. And so it's just having more people on both sides out in the world talking about Tula and, and sort of what their experience is with it um, is leading both to new clients and new assistants, which is really, uh, really rewarding and really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic on that front as well, Megan. And and I want to kind of dive now into some ways that people can get involved and, and people can kind of support the platform. How do they sign up? How do they do all these things and, and really kind of get involved and move forward with this? I know that you mentioned that 
Uh, sounds like it's going native soon, so they can get it on their phones here, hopefully by the end of the month or in July as well. So lots of exciting things kind of going forward on that. So I guess on that front, just to kick things off before we really get into, you know, in terms of what people can use and how they can use it, you know, what are your goals and hopes for Tula? You know, what are your future plans for this? Obviously, you started it, I'm sure, with some uh, the solution to solve a problem in mind, but now I'm sure a daily basis, you probably got ideas running through your head about what you can do with it. So what are your kind of your uh, hopes and goals with Tula moving forward into the future? Let's take a quick time out and throw in some positive news for this week, shall we? So these are some great stories that have happened throughout the week that we can celebrate some positivity and some optimism in our world today. So here's a look at just some of the news that I have to share to you. So the New York Public Library is giving away 500,000 books this summer to help kids, teens and adults build their home libraries and get more excited about reading. This one fires me up, as you all know, based on the recommendations that you heard earlier in this podcast as well. I'm a big reader, so love to see that and getting people back into books. A developer launched a dedicated server on Minecraft called Autcraft, designed specifically for players on the autism spectrum as well as their family and friends. Really cool to see that. The world's largest plant, a seagrass, the size of 28,000 soccer fields, has been discovered off the coast of Australia. That is long, but good to see. And two decades after it disappeared in nature, the stunning blue gray parrot called the Spix's macaw will be reintroduced to its forest home in Brazil. And scientists have developed a new graphene-based electronic tattoo that can monitor a patient's blood pressure continuously. How cool is that? And up to 99,000 hectares of land in England from city fringes to wetlands will be focused on supporting wildlife in five major nature recovery projects. So that is really, really cool to see on that front and a little bit of positive news to share with you throughout this episode of the podcast. Now let's go in to the final segment of this edition of the Talking Solutions podcast. I mean, I hope as I say this, that it, it is as normal as I, I believe it to be. But I feel like as a new founder, there's always so many sparkly things and ideas and things that you want to chase and that you know that you can do well. And so really at this point, it's sort of having the restraint to make sure that we're doing what we set out to do very well so that we can then chase the sparkly things and do well uh, when we get there. But, you know, primarily uh, our focus is on continuing to grow out our client base. And uh, we're in Denver, Boulder and Austin, Texas. So building out clients there. Um, and then we serve clients virtually, you know, anywhere. And so we love that kind of piece of our model as well. So, you know, really just focusing on, on building building out clients, period, but specifically our in-person uh, requests in, in the three markets that I mentioned. Um, we love that, not just because oh, we're growing a business here, but that also gives us so much information about how we can do this in other markets, which is you know the longer term goal. Uh, this demographic of people who need help, you know, whether it's moms or whether it's professionals and, and single people that are just overwhelmed with life um, translates into any market, really. You know, there's we're not at a place where people need less help. And I don't think we'll, we'll be headed in that direction anytime soon. So we want to be sure that as we enter new markets, that we kind of have as much information as possible about what people might use Tula for. Uh, we've learned a lot over this last 18 months, but there's obviously always more to learn. And we're here for, for that as well. But you know, ideally, we would like to be 
exiting uh, in the next couple of years uh, with another eight to 10 markets. And then beyond that, you have about 32 markets top of mind that we would also like to enter as well. So, you know, really it's a growth mindset, um, but balancing that with some intentionality and, and thoughtfulness around how to do it well so that we don't um, get too big, too fast and and miss the mark on what we're really focused on, like you said earlier, which is the, the customer experience and, and making sure that we're bringing clients back over and over, which is you know what we've seen to date. And we certainly don't want to lose ground there. Yeah, I want to really kind of touch on that point you made about midway through that answer as well and the differentiator that you all have. I mean, obviously, there's loads of virtual assistants in the world today. Uh, you know, there are so many of that. And what I think makes yours really cool is it still just kind of sparks that local economy. Like you said, too, are you partnering with local businesses or you're empowering uh, woman owned companies or minority owned companies or small businesses in general? Like, you know, that's also a really important kind of avenue that I feel like kind of gets lost a little bit sometimes as we grow into this digital world uh, further and further. So I think that's great. But I do want you to, to, to be able to expand a little bit as well and, and talk about some of those virtual services that you do offer in order to kind of help people in, in, in other markets that may not be in Austin or Boulder or, uh, or Denver. Sure. So those are, you know, really a lot of just research based, obviously, um, related to travel and planning, um, finding, like I said, vendors or doctors, um, providers within in a community within a market. I think I think what's really important there is that we do that well from within the team that we have right now. But um, as we kind of build out more need in different markets, we would love to have people, you know, in those markets that are truly the experts in their community, because that to me is what, like what you were speaking to, kind of that differentiator between somebody who can just Google and find, you know, 10 things and pass those along because anybody can do that. And we don't want our, our um, results going to our client in a way that they feel like I could have just Googled that myself. So, you know, we really take the time to kind of vet and research what our answers are, why we think that they're, um, you know, the best answers truly and how they can be actionable. So we like to think we take it, you know, several steps down the line so that it actually has an impact on saving time and and narrows the, the focus and resource uh, needs for our clients as well. So you know, that's something that I think we continue to grow in from a virtual perspective. And uh, I'm excited to to get to the point where we have you know several people in the same market so we can have somebody really specific to those markets to be that expert for them. Very good. Very good. I love that. Love that so, so much. I, uh, on that front too, let's get into it as well. What can people do right now? They, they're listening to this podcast. They go, wow, this sounds like a great service. I would like to use it too. As soon as I'm done. I'm going to go figure it out. Can you just do a quick breakdown, step-by-step process on how people can get signed up and, and, and get moving into the platform? Sure, absolutely. So um, right now, the easiest way is just to go to Tula Balanced with the D at the end, balanced.com. And you can kind of click through the website, see what we're, we're all about, what we're doing. And then under the How It Works uh, tab, you can click down and go to join now and create your account. And right now you would select which market you're in, whether that's Denver, Boulder or Austin, or if you would like virtual services. Uh, so that kind of helps us funnel people to the right, the right team and the right assistance as well. And yeah, you can just get started. We offer two ways to use Tula services. So we are subscription based primarily and you can purchase four, eight or 12 hours per month. And there's a little price break, you know, the more hours that you purchase. So uh, we're anywhere from 40 to $50 an hour in the subscription range. And then also for people who just, you know, hey, I just have a big project coming up or I just want to have a huge bank of hours that I don't have to think about the renewal and, and those sorts of things. Uh, we do offer a la carte hours and those are $60 an hour 
um, as well. So you can kind of try it again with the flexibility idea that you can kind of try it out and and see which model might work best for you or make sense, you know, for your needs. And we know that those change as well. So we make it very easy to either ramp up for more hours or, you know, uh, step down if you're traveling, which we see that a lot in the summer, of course, when that makes sense. So um, yeah, we just try to make it really easy to for you to decide what it is that you need or how much that you need. I would say the best thing or the most uh, common thing that we see is hours going up quickly. So, you know, where we thought that uh, four, six or eight hours was our previous kind of tiered package offering, where we thought that made great sense, we kind of quickly um, realized that 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 high end was our mid for most of our clients. So that's been, you know, a, a learning that we've picked up on along the way and made some adjustments. Yeah. Oh yeah. The challenge of time. Time is undefeated <laughs> no one's asking uh, on everything. <laughs> no, exactly. Right. So it's like, okay, I need more time. I need more hours. Give me the bank. Where's it at? All right. Credit card pool. And, and Megan too, outside of that, do you have social media channels or anything like that, that people can kind of follow on and support through and, and help that engagement, that algorithm and get that brand awareness up going? Gosh, that's something that I'm learning a whole lot about. Um, and still, I'm pretty certain it doesn't make the most sense to me on a daily basis. But we are on Instagram. And that is uh, Tula Balanced as well. So you can follow along there. We certainly are, love to have uh, some new followers join us and engage and, you know, ask us lots of questions. We're here for any of that. Um, and then we well, we have Facebook as well. So yeah, also Tula Balanced on Facebook. So um, either place and you know you might see some ads come up here and there uh, we're working on figuring that out as well <laughs> but again that algorithm is pretty tricky oh yeah it's hard it's not easy it's trust me i have my own battles with it as well maybe that's undefeated too i don't yeah. know um awesome <laughs> megan outside of that is there anything else that you'd like to promote or anything else that you'd like to to talk about and share on this podcast episode i, I mean i think kind of in a more um just general way i'm I really want to encourage people to think of the idea of asking for help as a more empowering act and, you know, feeling like it it's a sign of actually making a decision to support yourself and rather than feeling shame and guilt, like that's just something I feel really strongly about that whole shift of narrative and shift of behavior. Um, and that, you know, it's surprising that whether it's Tula, whether it's somebody else, people really do love to help others out and it's okay to be in that space that so you might need a little, a little extra help or a little extra time. We all find ourselves there and, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. So life is, is busy. <laughs> That's why we've created this. Um, we're also really excited that, you know, as I speak about growth and what we're doing from a market kind of evaluation standpoint, uh, we have a couple of people that we'd love to add to our team that are just super passionate about what we're doing as well and, and really aligned and, um, so we're actually fundraising right now. So that's kind of a, as a first time founder and a first time fundraiser, a whole new world. <laughs> I thought I was nervous about being on this podcast, but I will tell you fundraising and having those conversations is uh, <laughs> probably much harder than this, <laughs> but we're excited about it. I love sharing our story. I think there's so much, you know, energy and momentum around this. And I'm just really excited to bring it to as many people as we possibly can. So um, certainly, obviously, up for introductions, whether it's to other founders with a similar story or, you know, people that this might fit into to what their investment strategies look like. Certainly wouldn't say no to a conversation. Hey, nothing hurts in a conversation, right? We're just boom. You never know what one conversation can change everything. You never That's know. Right. 
you meet a lot of amazing people and learn a lot. <laughs> exactly. And again, it's all about that time. You know, don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to to want to have some of that time back and, and to empower others who have that time and, and who want to be compensated for it as well. I mean, that's also beneficial on, on that side as well. And, you know, I just think that it's something that kind of gets overlooked. And, and the reason I was so intrigued by this is because I felt that way as well. I mean, I, uh, I never really understood the point of, you know, having someone come in and like clean for you or something. I was like, why don't you just do it yourself? I don't, I don't understand. And then I started, <laughs> then I started becoming an adult and I had job responsibilities and, and all that type of stuff. And I was like, oh, I see that it's because you're busy all the time and, and you need to open up more time. And, and now I'm a huge proponent of it. I just think that any time that you can buy and, and then also support someone else and from a monetary perspective as well, I think is great going forward. So that's why I like what you're doing and, and the solution you're providing, especially when you're talking about kind of families for the most part too. So they're the ones that need it the most. The kids don't understand, right? You know, they just want to, why, why, why aren't you hanging out? Why aren't you here? Right. I don't the, care that you got work. <laughs> the number of hey moms you get when you're sitting at a desk working remotely is, uh, is pretty astounding. <laughs> so it's just being able to focus, whether it's with them or with, with work, just finding that balance is so important. And we're super, super proud of creating this ecosystem that's both you know, supply and demand and clients and assistance and community um, businesses all, all in one space is feeling really awesome. Fantastic, Megan. Well, I look forward to continuing to follow your journey with Tula and, and, and perhaps enlisting its services for myself one day if you make it out to the Seattle market or maybe on a virtual perspective. But, you know, I thank you so much for your time and, and coming on the podcast to to have a conversation about what you're doing, to talk about freeing up time and to talk about utilizing this platform that is all about simplicity that you talk about and uh, really streamlined approach to get people without having to worry too much about taking up more time to learn something. Right. You can just simply use your platform, get that assistant, and then free up the time, have a great solution, help local economy, all really good some stuff there. So thank you so much for coming on the, the show, you. Megan. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for getting it and championing us and others that are you know focused on having an impact. Really appreciate that, Will. Absolutely. Happy to do so. That is Megan Trash. She is the founder of Atula, joining us on this edition of the Talking Solutions podcast. And that is going to wrap up this episode. As always, those links will be available throughout the week on our platform. And I encourage you to go check out our website as well for more information on Tula moving forward on that front. And as always, if you enjoyed the episode, would appreciate a review, listen, and recommendation to a friend. And I look forward to chatting with you on the next episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast. And until then, hope you all have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Talking Solutions Podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode and check out all of our guests on our website at cheshtech.com. That's C-H-E-S-H-T-E-C-H.com to learn more as we continue our mission of supporting impact-driven founders. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Talking Solutions Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Talking Solutions. If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate a review and a recommendation to a friend as we focus on highlighting these great founders and individuals providing solutions to societal problems and bringing optimism into the world.